It's time for some fresh air. Apostolic Integrity Radio. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for blessing us with this opportunity to come together for another episode of Apostolic Integrity Radio. God, we thank you for this ministry. We thank you for this vision. And we are asking that every point, every topic that you want to be presented to your people, you would present it through us in the name of Jesus. Lord, let this conversation we have be edifying. We ask God that your spirit speak through us and that as you speak through us, you speak directly to your children. We pray that you confirm things for them, that you make things clear for them in Jesus' name. We're asking that the spirit of wisdom and revelation and counsel and knowledge and understanding would rest upon our conversations um, right now in the name of Jesus Christ. We ask God that you would be glorified through everything that's said in Jesus' name. We ask in the name of Jesus that your people would be drawn closer to you as a result of this conversation. We want you to be glorified, God. We don't want any glory. We want you to get all of the glory. We want increase in the kingdom of heaven in the name of Jesus, real sanctified, Holy Spirit-filled increase, real integral increase, God. We don't just want numbers. We want people who are actually saved. Hallelujah. We want people added to the kingdom. So Lord, let this be a ministry that adds people to the kingdom. Let it be a ministry that shows people where they are and where they need to be, Lord. We thank you so much. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your nature. We thank you for holiness. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today we're here. Um, of course, it's me and Sister Jakia, and we are going to converse today about um, uh, the famine, famine with the word of God. Okay, so I'm so grateful that you all are listening in for another episode of Apostolic Integrity Radio. And of course, this is Sister Tiffany and Sister Jakia, and we are about to go in. I thank the Lord, first of all, because he's here. I thank him for his presence. Um, and I just thank him for the way he's literally like shining right now. <laughs> thank you for that. Glory to the name of the Lord. So um, you all know the objective of Apostolic Integrity Radio. Um, the name makes it very clear. We want there to be integrity um, to the the doctrine of the apostles, what they delivered um, after they received the commands from the Lord Jesus Christ, as accounted in the first chapter of the book of Acts, we want to see people living according to scripture. There are so many remixes and mixes today and different interpretations, and people can do a little bit of this, and people can do a little bit of that. But what we're seeing in the midst of all of this, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and compromise, what we're seeing is actually a falling away. What we're seeing is doctrines of devils. What we're seeing is we're seeing seducing spirits. We're seeing what we can presume to be false prophets. We're seeing fruit that doesn't align with people's titles. And we're seeing a lack of power. While we're doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and all oh, the scripture doesn't really mean this. And that's not what he really meant when he said it. Let me tell y'all something. When the Lord opens up the book, one of those books being the Bible, he opens that. And if he judges us out of his word, out of what is plainly written, a lot of us are in trouble. A lot of us are in trouble. When we get down to the doctrine of the apostles, a lot of us are in trouble. If the Bible actually means exactly what it says, and we're not talking, well, geographically and culturally at that time, or historically, or he was just talking to that church, or it was just those women. Uh-uh. This Bible is for the church. It's for the church. Then and now, and it's not going to change. And so when the Lord judges us, he's going to judge us from this word that was not cultural. It was not uh, geographical. It was not, it's not um, something that's just a, a form of history, historical document. This is the word of God that is forever settled in heaven. And so we see is not a falling away specifically from churches because churches are really full. I mean, this is a generation of mega churches. We just had, um, I don't know anything about him, so I'm not saying anything negative. I'm just talking about the increase within the body of Christ. A pastor, I won't even say his name then. A pastor, um, you know, he just had the, the opening, the grand opening of the temple, built a new church. It was huge, you know, had as many um, mega pastors and um, gospel singers as he possibly could there. And, um, you know, from what I understand, it was like a really big event. So, and his, it was a, it's huge. 
and it was packed. I'm talking about this place is huge and it was packed. So when we talk about this great falling away, it cannot possibly be a great falling away from the church. It has to be a falling away from sound doctrine, from what the Bible actually says. Okay. What is the spirit speaking expressly about? He didn't say the churches would be empty. He said that there would be men coming in there with doctrines of devils, seducing spirits. He speaks about this great house that has vessels of honor, but it also has vessels of dishonor. He says there are some vessels of gold and, um, you know, um, fine, fine material, but then there's also vessels of wood and, and things like that. And he says, you know, the vessels that are actually made from those fine materials need to be separated from the vessels made from the wood. And that's in one of Timothy's letters. I can't remember one of the letters to Timothy. I can't remember which one it may. I think it's second Timothy. Um, and so we see the church is packed out. And, but what we're seeing today is really not, it's not very scriptural. It's very churchy. It's very traditional. What's so ironical, um, Sister Jakia, is that I like that word ironical. Okay, so I didn't want to say ironic. No, it's ironical. What's so ironical is that people will look at um, people who are like us, you know, okay, so y'all not doing jewelry or, you know, your heads are covered or, you know, your, your um, dresses are so long, like this is, this is how you're going to carry yourself. That's religion. People will say that about it. They uh-huh. will say, that's religion. And uh, my, my rebuttal for that is no, that's scripture. Now, what the church does today, I, if we want to categorize it, that's, that's y'all religion. That's y'all tradition. That's what y'all made up. With whatever y'all got going on, we can't find it in scripture. Whatever y'all doing, we don't see it. I feel like the enemy has bamboozled, bamboozled the church because we feel like when we do the dance, you know, that dance with the drums and everybody uh-huh. feet up and put them down. <laughs> stuff like that. We feel like that means Jesus showed up. But people leave there in the same condition they came in. They just got a good dance in. You know, they feel excited. In scripture, the reason why I feel like we're bamboozled by that, because that didn't happen in scripture. I I mean, they rejoiced and they sang. And I'm not saying that people should stop dancing at all. But what I'm saying is, you know, what happened when, like, the dead is raised and people are actually add to the church? Like, that's what happened when the saints gather. If we're talking about apostolic doctrine, we don't have a heart for the Bible. We don't have a heart for scripture. I'm of the mind that if I sat down and actually read the Bible, if I read every scripture on holiness, I truly believe that Christians would be offended and upset. Oh my goodness. Why would you just read that? It's like, everybody only wants to hear grace. I love to hear about grace. Please teach me, but also please teach me about sin. I love to hear about heaven, but please teach me about hell. I need you to present me with a full, complete doctrine because that's what Jesus did. He did not just about one topic or things that tickled people ears he right. actually things that made people want to stop following him you know what i'm saying like oh they, okay that's too much <laughs> we're not doing that but today we feel like we have to and this is what came into my spirit we have to um in a sense present the the world with trash to become more appealing to them because we know they're filthy it's like, well, no, their minds haven't. So let we need to really, you know, put out this rap album too, you know, because it's about bringing in the believers. It's not about God's nature. It's not about God's standard. It's not about repentance. It's just, we need to br- bring in the unbelievers. Excuse me. We need to start bringing in these unbelievers um, any way we can by any means necessary, but we never saw Jesus do that. He actually remained integral. This son is really getting to me right now. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> But we, we saw the Lord um, remain integral to who he was. And if when, like he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And so what happened um, recently was, um, you know, I, I looked up myself on YouTube to see what was going on. Right. I, I've done that before. So I looked it up and I saw that um, there are some people who share my videos and people are like, what happened to her? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> And so um, there were various things people said about what they felt happened. But um, 
I remember a comment and it could have been made more than once, but someone said, you know, the Bible says there would, there would be a famine of the word of God, you know, and she always directed us back to scripture. She always said, listen, go back to the Bible, read it for yourself, research it yourself, do it on your own. You don't have to listen to me. Go, go read it yourself. And um, that really made me think, and um, it's really what the Holy Spirit is using for today's topic for Apostolic Integrity Radio, as far as this famine with the word of God, with um, people wanting to hear the word of God and not being able to hear it, or guess what, people needing to hear it, even if they don't really want to hear it, and not being able, having to search really, really far and wide to find what they actually need. So I'm just going to lift up this scripture in Amos, the eighth chapter, and I will start at the 11th verse and I will go down to the 13th verse. And it says, behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the earth, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea and from the north, even to the east, they shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord and shall not find it. In that day shall the fair virgins and the young men faint first. That was Amos, um, the eighth chapter verses 13. And um, this, this, this is deep because we find ourselves here now where we're looking and searching actually for some real teaching. There are so many people who are like, do you know of any real churches who are actually preaching the real word of God? It's like, we're not getting it anymore. We, we're, we're not getting it. In verse 13, it really um, stuck out to me because it says, in that day shall their fair virgins and young men faint for thirst. And that means even the purest of the saints. Fair virgins, the ones, you know, who should be able to easily have access to these things and see these things, even they're not being satisfied or whatever they're receiving is not sufficient, um, you know, for, for the appetite they have and the need they have and the desire they have for the word of God. So um, what, do you have anything, you know, to say concerning anything I've said? <laughs> yeah, I think, you know. We, we forget to really search the scriptures and really um, begin to seek the Lord for ourselves. We depend too much on pastors. We, we depend too much on a YouTube message. We depend too much on um, uh, something we've heard, a slogan, a, a whatever. We depend too much on that instead of really getting into the word of God and really hearing what he's saying. Or really, you know what I'm saying, understanding for the, the true pastors and the true apostles, um, the message that we don't like. We we don't want to hear, like you said, we don't want to hear those things. But I believe all in all, um, the things that we want to hear is, is from the viewpoint of people who we don't really know and really understand it. Hey, this is not necessarily somebody we should be following. Um, mm. I remember listening to um i'm not gonna mention his name um he's pretty he's pretty popular to me and he began to say that even some of the commentaries that we read are made from atheists they are just people who are fond uh, and look at the the word of god as a book Mm. and they create commentary based off of that and i'm like so are you telling me in life way we have commentaries made from people who don't even believe in God. And so we don't know what we're, you know, we don't know who we're getting the information from. We don't, we don't know, you know, where their heart is, where their spirit is. Not to say that, you know, we have to be like all up underneath them, but it's so important that we take the word of God in its entirety, the whole bit of it whether it hurts our feelings for the moment, whether, you know, you know, even if we don't understand it for that time being, just take it all in and say, okay, this is the word of God. And it's so important that we, you know, just steer clear of what everybody else is doing. What everybody, I mean, like I always say, you do what the few do. 
get in get into the word for yourself and begin to listen to the holy spirit and he's not gonna have you doing what everybody else is doing that's that's what i've begun to understand for myself and i'm like it seems odd it seems like i'm out of place but you know that's his word and that's what that's what i'm gonna stand on so i thank god you know even hearing this scripture (laughs) it does something in my heart i'm like lord you brought light something you brought this light shed it on me and i'm like lord I don't want that time to come where you're not found. Mm. That's going to take, that's going to take, you know, just everything where people believe the peace, the peace of mind that people have knowing, knowing God and when his word is not found, when he, when it's no longer around, when you can't find that peace in his word, that's, that's the, that's it. Um, so I think this is awesome. <laughs> I think this is absolutely awesome. Amazing. So what has been your experience as you seek to listen to teachers and things? Tell me, are you, first of all, tell me your experience and then are you being filled? Um, so, I've, like I said, I've been under leadership most of my life and, you know, for, for a long time and what I've understood like I said one it is the viewpoint of the speaker um people have people have lanes that they like to stay, stay in um if you are underneath like you said a, a grace someone who who loves to speak on grace 99.9 percent of their messages are going to all go back to grace mm-hmm. if you underneath um someone who speaks on deliverance i mean not to say not to say they even have a full understanding of it but 99.9% of the time they're going to speak on deliverance um i don't really find that people to me tap into really what the holy spirit is saying because mm. the holy spirit he's not just um two dimensional he's not just oh i'm just going i'm just here i'm in this mm-hmm. box this is what i do mm-hmm. he's not that and he can take a scripture and take you from the Old Testament to the New Testament. You have some pe- preachers that won't even talk about the Old Testament because they don't understand it. You won't have you will have you have some. I mean, even for those who are saying, you know, I'm a Hebrew Israelite. I mean, to each his own. Um, but they have they won't even go to the New Testament because they're saying that's not, you know. So my thing is. When, when I'm listening to sermons for myself, I have to be keen in the spirit because some things that are said are not meant to be digested. Mm. And when I hear it, it's like, first and foremost, Lord, do you want me to listen to? Mm-hmm. Lead me before I even, you know, set my mind to say, well, this is a popular person. So let me just, you know, hear what they have to say. It's not about popularity. It's about what the Lord is saying in this time and this hour. What what is he what is what is on his mind? So um that's where that's where I draw the line. That's your experience. So you're not really filled, huh? <laughs> no, nope. you're getting your you that's why um as you said when you started, it's important for people to have their own personal relationship with the Lord and the word of God so that when things like that happen, when you can't really find that real Bible based paper Bible scripture reading um, preacher, um, you can go into your prayer closet and have that fellowship with the word of God and the presence of God on your own. It's a it's a um, peculiar time we're in because um, there are so many people who are crying out for miracles and signs and wonders from the Lord, but nobody ever cries out for God's nature. I don't think we understand how huge of a role purity plays in what the Lord will, what he can do through you when you live a consecrated life. And consecration is a complete lifestyle. As much as we use the language and we say, you know, we go on consecration and we're on consecration for a month or for a week or however long consecration is a a whole life 
is your whole life is consecrated unto the Lord. And I believe that's where the, the real love and respect and reverence for God, God's word comes from. You actually live a life sanctified and separated unto God. You really begin to love and appreciate his word and you know it and you're not going to fool with it because there are a bunch of preachers, but there are people who are still hungry for the word of God. There are a bunch of churches, but there are people who are still like, no, I, I need the word of the Lord. And so these are really, really interesting times. And um, we have people nowadays, and it seems like people, as you were saying, you know, talk about grace, or you talk about deliverance. It seems like what people do is they take a topic and they focus in on that topic. It's like, no, everybody's avoiding what scripture speaks. Everybody's avoiding repentance. Everybody's re- avoiding holiness. You know, people are avoiding God actually being holy. And I feel mm-hmm. like it's so disrespectful to talk about his power and to talk about all the things that come from his holiness, but not talk about the fact that you have to be holy as he is holy. You want to see those things because I don't see God ever moving through um, people who are opposite of him, who have, like he said, touch not the unclean. And from what I can see, we touch in the we are touching it. We're not really um, heeding or adhering to his word. And the Lord, um, he's bringing a purging to the body of Christ. And I truly believe that this is something that he's offering to everybody. But it's just if whether you really want it or not. You know, today I've noticed that a lot of the people who call themselves apostles, I don't really believe they're apostles. Uh-huh. And quite frankly, First of all, you work your own salvation out with fear and trembling, but you can use this um, discerning spirits and see that some of these people need to go someplace and repent and um, get right with the Lord. As even though they have these churches and they have these large followings, it's like social media has been such a blessing as far as being able to connect people and being able to get us um, information and stuff like that. But then it also has kind of worked against us because now anybody can have a platform. And I feel like this famine for the word of God is the reason why um, the famine of the word of God, rather, is the reason why so many people can go to the Hebrew Israelites and get caught up and stuff like, oh, no, you got to say his name in Hebrew. No, you got to do this. You got to do that because nobody really has real words. So anything that can in any way make them think they're going to think it's deep and they can easily tag along with it. Since there is no real word of God, they can't really, they, you know, they don't really have a, a measure. They say, well, that sounds good. You know, that sounds about right. That's what they said. So let's follow that. People are looking for something. They're looking for depth. And it's like, um, they can't find it. So they're finding depth and false doctrines and um, empty, vain teachings. You know, they're, they're finding depth in things where, it's just, it's really um, no depth. It really wasn't supposed to be for us. So that um, the social media, it has worked for us. And um, in some ways it has not worked for us because it has presented us with so much false doctrine, but it also has presented us with some, some good stuff. Some good stuff It's given us that opportunity to really expand um, our knowledge. This is really knowledge in, increasing in this generation. We have access to so many things, but again, some of the things we have access to is just working against us. And it's not the real word of God. It's not the grafted word that is able to save your soul, whether you say Yah or Yeshua or not. You know, you're getting caught up in stuff that don't make no sense now and don't have nothing to do with your soul salvation and your righteousness. He says the righteous be scarcely saved. Don't tell me that I have anything to do with the language you say his name in unless you can show me the scripture and you can't. So this is where it goes to. There's a famine. You need to know what the Bible says. You need real preachers, real teachers, so you can start eating food and stop snacking on foolishness. So you know what oh. salvation actually actually means. People need to teach because sometimes I see these services or I can be in the service and I'll be looking around, not at any of my services. I don't mean that in a um, haughty way. I'm just saying that this hasn't happened at any of my services. Like when I'm attending a service, I'll put it like that. I look around or like watching and I'm like, so all these people, you can't discern that they need to be saved. 
y'all just going to preach and prophesy over the fact that they're not even living right. We not, we just going to, nobody's, so everybody here is an apostle. Nobody feels the need to start baptizing these people who've been named, who've been baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Because tell me the day when Father became a name. Tell me the day that Father, Son, and Spirit, those three titles became one name. When he says baptize them in the name. Tell me that. You can't. You, y'all don't want to get these people baptized the right way like the Apostle Paul did. He said, what baptism did you have if y'all not filled with the Holy Spirit? You know, it's like no concern. People want to just have a show, speak a word, you know, but nobody actually wants to get people saved, give them the real word of God, that word of God that makes people, they may not be shouting and hollering because they're so excited, but they're somewhere on their knees crying out for um, God to really have mercy on them. We don't preach that judgment is real anymore. We just want to um, keep our audience engaged. Uh, never have we seen real prophets <laughs> speak a word to, you know, keep the, the audience happy. It was usually quite the contrary. Even with the delivering of the real gospel, that was offensive. And it's not that we're setting out to offend people, but man, friendship with this world is still enmity with God. And so we're, we're moving away from integrity to this, this doctrine that people, real people, because we read about them. I was like, oh, Paul and Peter and stuff like that. These are real people who really were martyred, really were killed, really lived, really gave their life for the gospel, really gave their life to heaven. I'm telling you, I've, I've probably mentioned it before, that I do believe that if Paul walked into the church today, he would absolutely rent his clothes. He would probably, are you serious? Is she a bishop? Since when? You know, like he would really, I, I feel like the, the apostles would really wonder about what happened. What, what actually has taken place between their life and now for things to be so drastically different from what scripture so clearly outlines for us? It's sad. It's sad. Um, man, you you hit on so many things. I'm just like, Lord, what are we doing? And you talk, I mean, talking about how these mega churches. I mean, everywhere you look, in just about every state, there's a mega church, mega church. And I read an article. Forgot his name. I think it's Christensen, but he spoke on how these people are basically self-proclaiming apostles. And I'm just like, so all of a sudden. Now we got these new Pauls because that's that's the scripture that they're they're leaning on. You know, Paul said, you know, the Lord called me to be an apostle. That's what you're leaning on. But mm -hmm. where's the evidence of it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Paul came Amen. out when he came out. He came out doing the work. Amen. He was, he was out there like <laughs> immediately. Oh, I'm going out there to spread this gospel. I'm healing sick. I'm 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 delivering folks. I'm mm -hmm. doing it. But where where are your works? Not to say, you know, is that's that's what the main thing, but it is. It's important to know that, you know, when you're following the word of God and when you're out there, because too much is too much is given, much is required. When you're a leader, there needs to be some work behind it. it needs to be like, okay, where's the, the, the sick being healed? Where mm -hmm. is it? Amen. And um another thing you were talking about is that they don't want to talk about the word because once you start talking about judgment. Once you start delivering those kind of messages, there's some other questions, some follow-up questions, mm -hmm. and you don't want to answer those. I was listening again. They were talking to um, some mega preachers about um, homosexuality in the church. And if you're homosexual, um, basically, are you going to hell? And we know that's pretty much a cut and dry answer if you haven't changed your life got delivered you know doing the things that you're supposed to do as far as you know renouncing all that stuff then there's a place for that if you're living a homosexual lifestyle there's a place for people that saying that this is okay the mm -hmm. lord says otherwise homosexuality is not a part of him they couldn't answer that question it was like here we got here we got to get revelated how why are we getting revelated on this topic why, why are we not just standing on the sound doctrine that's already in the word of God? Why are we sitting there saying, well, you know, God loves everything he does. He loves oh. us all. 
Yeah. Who asked was, the question? Was, was it unbelievers that asked the question? It was unbelievers who asked the question. See, they always do that to Christians, first of all. But they'll never, you think they'll go up to a Muslim and ask a Muslim? Hmm. Where are homosexuals going to go? You think they would ever do that? They would never do that. The thing is, they always want to present, just like how Jesus was tempted, They how, how they would come to him with silly questions. He would be like, why are you tempting Trying me. You know? <laughs> And then he would ask them a question they couldn't answer. Like, to me, you know, the whole thing about that is. It's it's so ridiculous that all you have to do is open up the Bible to first Corinthians chapter six and see be not deceived. Let's put it there. The effeminate nor him who devoured himself with mankind have any inheritance in the kingdom of God. You're not getting in It's clear. So, no. But see, my rebuttal to those unbelievers is so. Are you acknowledging that hell is real? Because if huh. you're acknowledging hell is real, then are you going to acknowledge that the Bible is true? Then are you about to pick and choose what you believe? Out Come, of on now. Come on, the, where's the? Because that's the first thing the Holy Spirit Come said to me. Now. Oh, so these were unbelievers that had to ask for that. That's what. That's what, what? even then, yeah. So then, so then you believe the Bible is real then? Because you wouldn't be asking me about whether somebody's going to hell or not if you didn't believe hell was a real place. You believe that hell, some people's behaviors warrant hell? Who who you going to say? You're going to say Hitler, right? Y'all going to try to put who you want in there, right? You yeah. ain't righteous. Did you mess up today? Yes, you did. God didn't. He's righteous. <laughs> his standard is what his standard is what stands. That's it. Yeah, but it was it was really sad. And they're going to sit really there and just, sad. "Oh, well, you going to compromise for people who don't even who don't even serve your God. Can't huh. even tell them the truth." Famine Famine. I, I, I apologize for interjecting that. But no, go ahead. No, but that that was my that was my whole point. I was just like, as I was watching, I said it's so sad because your followers, trust and believe, they know you on TV right now. They they know it. And for you to curve the question or not, even they had um interview uh, a, a rap artist who says he's no longer labeled as Christian, but he speaks, you know, that he's, you know, a follower of Christ. Asked him the same question. They asked, um, not, and not just a rapper. They asked some Hillsong people. They asked, um, Don't ask other, me. Bet you they didn't you ask know. me. Find me. Ask <laughs> me. Then why they didn't find Tiffany? They don't find no real saints. Go but ahead. They're asking, they asking the ones who have this, these great followers, these questions, mm-hmm. and nobody had enough in them to say what the word is saying. Why? Mm-hmm. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? The truth is the truth, and it's always going to be the truth. Mm-hmm. I'm raising my hand over here. You know, <laughs> You know what it is? Because they're not living the truth. You can't really proclaim it. If it has not been materialized in your life and manifested for you, you can't. That's why they have so many followers. A whole bunch of people. It's a broad path in that church. They say, okay, we can come here because ain't nobody going to tell me and my gay cousin that we wrong. They're not going to make my gay auntie feel bad about herself with her partner when we come to church and stuff like that. They're just going to say, Jesus love you. He loved the Bible says how much sore of sore punishment do you think someone who tramples on the blood of Jesus deserves? If those who disobey the law of Moses die by the hands of two or three witnesses, then what you think gonna happen to the people who disrespect the blood of Jesus? You got to tell people the truth. Now you got it. The bigger the following, the more blood you're going to have on your hands. Get it off. They're not worth it. You did. I remember somebody telling me about, um, uh, ex, uh, a dream they had and they basically was just like they saw all these people being and they were in cages they were naked they were strapped you know and they were being burnt it was like demons tormenting them they had like fire spraying it on them and stuff like that one you know ankle um, tied to one side of the cage one ankle tied to the other one hand you know just some torturous stuff and she said I woke up and said Lord what is this and she said he said those are all the people that you're supposed to be saving those those are people that I sent you to you need to get, you need to go get them. And we don't understand that God has assigned people to our lives, to encounter our ministries, to encounter us on the street or whatever. And it's up to us to make sure they hear the word of God so that they're not tormented in hell. And if they are, and I do believe the Lord told her this, their blood is on your hands. So not only are you going to have to burn for your own mess, 
you're going to have to burn for theirs too because you didn't tell them the truth. And I mean, scripture supports this. You tell them the blood is off your hands. You don't tell them the blood is on your hand. And I don't want to burn in hell for no. It's not worth it. I, I say I'm not even burning in hell for my own self. So I'm definitely not going to burn for nobody else. I don't even burn for what I could potentially do. I stop myself, sit at home with my two cats, mind my business. You know, I ain't doing nothing, minding my business. So how I'm going to go and burn in hell for um, a bunch of people who want me to compromise? Y'all want me to compromise. Y'all want me to say the wrong thing. It's never going to be worth it. Never, never. So that was just like a, a FYI for all those. <laughs> those who need to go speak to that individual including myself, it's better say it. <laughs> you, you better say it. <laughs> oh my goodness, Lord, help us. Help us, Father. But no, it's, this, is, this is raw and as real as it's going to get. And I think people need to wake up. Wake up and stop, you know, just believing what everybody's saying because they have a great following or because... They have that doctor in front of their name or apostle in front of their name or, you know, um, prophet. I mean, come on, come on. Know them by their fruit. And I will always live by that. Know them by their fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's some good imitators out there. Satan does. Satan do his homework. When I when I tell you, he do his homework. And when I when he presents an imitation. It can look just like the real thing, but he cannot produce the fruit. It, he cannot do that. He can't produce the fruit. The fruit he produces is bitter. It's, it's, it's all, all his evilness. So my thing is, you know, stand on the sound word of God. And we, we can't be mistaken if we do that. We can't be deceived if we stand it on the word of God. And he gives us the Holy Spirit to help us. Give us that discernment. Gives us, you know, hey, he speaks to us and says, hey, don't go over there. <laughs> don't let this person lay their hands on you. <laughs> Lord Jesus. Don't, don't let them do that. Hmm. Like my, I, I believe my brother, he had me laughing one day. He said um, he was in somebody's congregation and he got called out. And it was a young lady that was, you know, trying to go and lay his hands and she called him up. You know, it's a big, big little crowd and he wouldn't come. <laughs> and I said, I said, you didn't feel awkward. He said, I'm not about to let, these, let anybody lay their hands on me. And I said, Amen. I understand that. I understand that. So I'd rather, you know, it'd be awkward mm-hmm. and maybe they look a little silly than <laughs> for me to leave. Worse than the way I came. Amen. Come on so, here. <laughs> but it's just, it's just, man, it's so important. It's so important. Yeah, you know, I think that's something that we should also consider, even with the larger churches. You know, we see that they have so many people in there. It presents them with a greater temptation to compromise. You know, um, being um, more, being nice, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know. It, they do have, because of the level of influence, you know, um, they're going to have a whole different type of principality. You know, so I think all, everybody, they all need prayer. I mean, some of us can use discernment and see that some of these people really need to go sit down, period. But, um, you know, for some of them, they're presented with a level of temptation that most of us I mean, the subtlety of Satan to get some of these people who, some of them who have started out preaching holiness and all that stuff to just go the, the regular route. Um, they probably have been involved in some things or um, been faced with, a, like I said, a level of compromise or the, with the subtlety of Satan that we don't know anything about. So I, I, I'm really going to be, uh, make sure that I put them on my prayer list, these people who have these, this large um, influence. It's, I, you know, you, I really can't even imagine. That is a lot. And um, you want people to be happy. But when you do what you do for Jesus and not for people, sometimes your feelings are going to have to be hurt. And if you really know him, 
if you really know Jesus, then he probably has hurt your feelings. Even I'm not saying that he'll do it on purpose, but you done found out that something about you just wasn't right. Your feelings have been hurt. I mean, like it has happened to me. Okay. I, I, he has hurt my feelings. <laughs> Jakia's raising her hand. He has hurt my feelings. I remember one time I said, oh, I haven't taken communion in a long time. I'll go and take some communion. And I went and I got the little bread and I poured the little grape juice. And he said, go sit down, go get your Bible. And so I went and got the Bible and I opened the Bible. And um, of course, uh, this particular time, I usually go to Matthew um, 26, but this time I felt led to go to 1 Corinthians um, chapter 11. And so I went there mm-hmm. and I, it's just like when it said, taking the cup of the Lord unworthily. That thing, I was like, oh my goodness, wait, what? It's like, you know, he was saying it to me like, no, you can't take communion right now. This scripture applies to you too. You could die. You could get sick. Don't, don't take it because you have unforgiveness in your And it hurt me. I'm not saved right now. I probably had just been speaking in tongues earlier, praying, been in time with the Lord. And he just told me I'm not even worthy to partake in his broken um, body and his shed blood. That means that it's of none effect to me right now. I need to get my heart together. That thing hurt. That hurt my feelings. And I got myself together. It took a few weeks. And then he said, okay, you can take it now. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, he, he's real. Like I said, it's not that he wanted to hurt my feelings, but don't despise the chastening of the Lord. Sometimes we're wrong and we need to be told it. Just like if any parent loves their child, they're going to chastise them. They're going to tell them when they're wrong just so that they know how to live right. You know, you don't just let them do anything because you don't want to hurt their feelings. And that's what happens. I feel like that's what people want to keep their platform. And so it, um, it dictates their message. I remember hearing a prophet say, you know, people prophesy out of their own souls, you know? So I um, thought about that and I really felt in my spirit that when people can't prophesy repentance and all that stuff is because it's not in them. It's not a part of them. And that's why they can't speak that type of message because they don't live it, you know? So it's not something that's come out of them. Right. So <laughs> now, and when you were talking, uh, just about praying for, the leadership and everything the Lord put us on my on my heart to say that I was reading this earlier today and Galatians 5 came up Galatians 5 and 7 that said you were running so well but who has instructed you from obeying the truth mm. such persuasion does not come from the one who calls you mm. a little leaven works through the whole batch of dough mm-hmm. and I was just thinking I said Lord a lot of these people now they when they started they started in a humble state Mm-hmm. They started really, you know, going after you, but you know, we don't know where the persuasion came from. So mm-hmm. it is on, it is on my heart, you know, to pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, or brothers and sisters who Lord, Lord knows they started in, at a particular place and, you know, their mind and their heart was in the right place, but setting, setting temps all the time. He don't, he don't stop. And if whoever's susceptible to it, you know, if you give yourself into it, then he can take that and, you know, make you believe you're in the right place and will justify certain things that's going on around you. And then you end up where you are. So it's harder to turn away from it. Yeah. So um, we will be praying, you know, for them. But it's just that was just um, on my heart to say. um i remember seeing because i love juanita bynum and i know that there are various opinions about her and how she is now and stuff like that and um i have just for anybody who's listening who may not know it even though um i am the way i am i believe what i believe i have a very um a high tolerance and love for people who are not like me who don't believe what i believe so even though I, I know I'll never be a female bishop, I'll listen to female bishops and love them and admire their ministries and their relationship with God, female pastors and things like that. I don't have I don't have nothing against them. It's, it's nothing personal. I just know what I won't be doing. And I know if somebody asks me, I'm going to give them the real Bible, what the Bible says. But other than that, you know, I really don't 
that's they that's their business. You know, that's their personal business. But if I can learn from someone, I want to actually be able to learn from them. And if you have a real relationship with God, I'm going to listen to you because I can learn from you. And so um, she has she has a history that I really admire. And um, I have I, I love her. Honestly, I respect her. I don't care what she's doing. I don't care what nobody say about her. <laughs> she she followed me. I can't say, you know, even if I'm not always tuned into what she's saying, there's a level of respect there. Because when people when people plant and people have worked, she's put in work. And so I remember seeing her. And she, first of all, let me just say this to all y'all, because the reason why, you know, the Holy Spirit is bringing this all about is because um, what Jakia said about these people. And it's so true, because when Juanita Bynum came out, she was a holiness preacher. I didn't even know that. I came across her stuff. She used to sing prophetically when she was a very young woman before no more sheets and all that stuff. When she was still like a hairdresser and stuff like that, she used to sing. And I remember her coming on stage, being invited on stage to sing in this video from, I don't even know what early, early, early 90s, maybe like, I mean, this was like 30 years ago and she was singing prophetically and she was singing these words from the Lord that he's holy. And she was like, screaming it. And that was in her. And when she went forth, that's the message she preached. She preached straight holiness. There was a time where all her skirts were long, all her sleeves were long. She was covered literally sometimes all the way up the neck. Okay. Um, and she has so much power, so much spiritual authority and such revelation and insight. And so I remember seeing her at one of her conferences and she had record breaking conferences. And um, I remember seeing her at one of her conferences and literally she said, the Lord showed me that I can't lay hands on all of you. Cause you know, it'd be like a hundred thousand people, 160 something thousand people in one, oh. maybe a whole bunch of people that the Lord showed me, I can't lay hands on all of you. Like, you know, it seemed like before she got there. So she said, I'm just going to do this. And she lifted up her hands and just put it down and everybody fell. And she just walked, kept walking like across the stage, just lift up her hand, put it down. Everybody dropped, dropped, dropped. Wow. And I'm like that, that level right there, you ain't going to get no regular principalities. You know what I'm saying? So we can look at her now and say, oh my goodness, people talk about her so bad, but she's toiled. She's worked. And I mean, like she had real power, like no more sheets was a real thing. No more sheets got me delivered um, 20 years after she said it. Like Amen. when she said it, no more sheets had demons running out of my body. Okay. Um. And she said it 20 years prior, you know, there was such an anointing there. And so we see the, the aftermath, but um, we never know what they really go through. But um, there's always that space. Now I'm not talking about her no more. Now we're just generalizing this um, for people to compromise when it comes to the real word of God. It's always some type of subtle, subtle behavior. But I noticed that God has this pattern. And I guess we can start wrapping it up. Um, God has this pattern with his servants. And so I, I started looking at her stuff and I'm like, oh, my goodness. Everybody at her services have on all white, too. And she has on all way. It's like God has this way. If we listen to him, I go back all the way to um, Mother Boy, all white, head covered. You know, like you when you when you see it, it's like God has this way. He's always going to lead people in this specific way. He has a way and he doesn't change. Even if we want to evolve and we want to wear this and do that and do that, y'all can but when you really get into that secret place and God starts being able to tell you what he wants, it's always going to be this look that he has for his people, this way he wants them to be. I remember he told me, he um, woke me up in the middle of the night and he told me that he wanted me to pray over some cloths. He told me what cloths to get. He gave me the scripture for it. You know, um, how the Paul, he would touch these things. And when they sent them out, you know, uh, the demons would run out of people, people would be healed or, you know, things of that nature. And so I did it. And then I saw, I started seeing videos of like um, Pastor Nathan Simmons and um, Juanita Bynum. And I'm pretty sure Mother, Mother Boy, she used to have something. And um, Dr. Stacks, they all walked around with, with these white cloths. They had them. And I remember seeing Nathan Simmons giving them out. 
And I'm like, see, these are things Nathan Simmons been dead, mother boy been dead. But since we all had the same spirit, that one Holy Spirit, he's going to lead his people this way. The, what we saw with Paul, that wasn't supposed to be isolated. That's power. You pray over that and send it out to people who can't come and be near you and have you lay hands on them, things like that. Um, and those cloths actually um, harbor great testimonies too. Um, to this day, glory to the name of the Lord. Um, God has this way he wants his people and it's always going to be integral to his work. Always going to be able to line up everything that God wants from us with his work. You know what Amen. I'm saying? There's always, we, we can't deviate or lose our integrity to um, what the word of God is saying. We can't let people go hungry and starve out there. And um, sadly, sometimes be lost to this world or um, a church system that doesn't align with scripture because, you know, we're afraid of what people might think about what we're saying. We're afraid of what people may think of us. I want to encourage you that if you feel like people are going to say, well, they're too young or they are nobody. People were saying essentially that about Jesus. They were like, isn't this man the carpenter's son? Like, who does he think he is? You know, so you may have that, you know, who does this person think they ought to be trying to tell me this now? But as long as you're being led by the spirit of God, do what he is leading you to do. Spread that message the right way, because yes, there is a famine, but God is raising up his remnant. Remnant is already here. And he's raising up his remnant to deliver the word um, that is able to make one good in fact. Not the word that stars people, but the one that can satiate, you know, be marrow to their bones and health to their navels, like the word of God says the word is. Um, so we, we, we glorify God. Do you have anything to say in closing? I think that was just, that was awesome. I, okay. think, I think, you know, <laughs> it's out there. You take it or leave it. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. So um, I thank you all for hanging out with us um, for another episode of Apostolic Integrity Radio as we discuss this. And if you don't mind, if you feel so led and if you think it would be a blessing to someone, share this episode um, and let's get the church thinking and conversing about the state of the church. Uh, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for this word. We thank you so much for this conversation. And we trust God and we thank you that you were in the midst of us. And um, we pray that you were glorified. Glorified. We love you. We thank you. We honor you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And we pray for each and every person, our brothers and sisters, under the sound of our voices right now, Father, that you would cover them with the blood of Jesus and that you would be with them and that you would speak into their hearts, that uh, your true word would be their desire in the name of Jesus, that they would want to hear the whole truth, the whole Bible. In Jesus' name, that they would want to be scripturally saved, the whole scripturally saved. In Jesus' name, Lord, we love you. We love your word. We give thanks at the remembrance of your holiness. You are good, and your mercy endures forever, and your truth unto all generations. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.